Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary podcast. To our veteran listeners and those just voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. School in and of itself can be a horror show. But what's worse is being of a young age when no one takes you seriously. Your dreams, fears, and even safety are often brushed aside and ignored. The thing is, when nobody is listening when you're the victim, you might just turn into the monster. First, teenage wishes and after-school nightmares, followed by panic in the storm. Then, RSVPing, evil. Finally, in our featured story, the devil wears stilettos. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week, and of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast, along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. If you'd like to support Something Scary, then consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, not only can you help the show and see ad-free episodes, you can also be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcasts or weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com slash snarled. So, want to hear something scary? Monster Within Us All High school can be a living nightmare, even for the adults who work there. You grow up, but do you ever get out? It might not be all that it seems, like in this story written by Janine. Mark moved the mop and bucket along the corridor, swooshing the floor in time to the music in his headphones. He hated this job, not because of cleaning, but because he'd hated high school the first time around and was constantly beset with bad memories being back within its walls daily. But bills needed to be paid. At least he didn't have to deal with the kids. Most of them had long gone, only a few left here and there, dribbling out of football practice or play rehearsal. Just as he'd finished cleaning the floor by the lockers, two football players ran past, knocking over the filthy bucket of water. Sorry, dude. One called out as they sped out of the doors. Punks, Mark muttered, now with twice as much to do. If I was the principal, I'd make them pay for that. Still swabbing the mop and cursing, 
he didn't hear the footsteps creeping up behind him, and he jumped when a bony finger tapped him on the shoulder. It was Mrs. Miller, the drama teacher. Coach Francis is done, so I'm heading home now, too. All classrooms are empty and ready for you to... She trailed off, pointing at the mop. For you to do what you do. Good night. She waved and smiled as she departed. He was now the only person in the building which suited him just fine. They'd never said it, but Mark was certain that the faculty and kids looked down on him. He had looked down on custodians when he was a teenager, so he was sure they had to now as well. First matter of business, a quick stop to the teacher's lounge for some coffee. It was going to be a long night. While he made a fresh pot from the teacher's private coffee stash, he found leftover donuts. Score, he murmured. He grabbed a couple and then fingered the rest before covering them up. Someone would eat that in the morning, not knowing his dirty hands had been all over them. He chuckled to himself, but quickly stopped once he saw the restrooms. Someone had drawn crude images on the mirror and permanent marker. The principal would insist he remove it, even if it took him into overtime. He felt a pounding in his temples, knowing he'd already lost time recleaning the hallway and now this? He'd wanted to get off early tonight to catch the end of the Sox game. He stormed out of the restroom, intending to head back to his closet to grab supplies when he caught a whiff of a noxious odor. The smell grew more intense the closer Mark got to the gym. He knew the drain in the shower block sometimes backed up, but this was much worse than that. Stepping into the locker room, he began to shiver. It was like a freezer in there. How can it stink so badly in here when all these windows are open, he thought. The only smell he could liken it to was when a groundhog had crawled under his porch once and died. He hadn't known about it until the stench of decay from its rotting corpse began to seep into the house. But he cleaned this place every day. Nothing could have crawled in without him knowing. Yet as he walked past the lockers to the showers, that smell of decay intensified to the point that his gag reflex kicked in. One of the showers had been left on. He turned the corner, ready to find and turn off the leaking faucet. Mark covered his ears as around him, suddenly, every locker door started banging open and shut over and over. It stopped abruptly, and he looked again at the showers where hot water now shot out of all the faucets, causing the freezing room to fill with steam. He then watched in horror as impossibly, words began to form on the mirror beside him. Letters being created from unseen fingers. Mark's eyes bulged as he read, Get out now. The lockers began clattering again, the metal vibrating so loudly it sounded like the entire room might take off. He was already backing away when he heard a croaky sound right next to his ear, so close he could make it out over the noise in the room. Mark. That was it. With a scream, he was out of the locker room, Jem, and the school. He resigned via email that night, never telling the school his true reason for resigning. Thus, 
dooming them all to the new ghouls that had just moved in. Thank you so much, Janine. Have you ever misjudged someone based on their job? Experienced something so terrifying you vowed to never return to the place it occurred? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When the people charged with your safety are not prepared to watch over you, it will only end in carnage. Like in this story inspired by Angelina. I was on recess duty when it happened. As a philosophy major who laughingly told people that I minored in urban legends and religious mythology, I still never imagined that I'd end up at an elementary school, standing outside, watching a bunch of kids. But I needed a job, and meeting Miss Murphy was a huge bonus. She was that once-in-a-lifetime type of teacher— A shining light that loved life, her students, and was a person that could always be counted on. That day, that awful day, we stood in the crisp air as the third and fourth graders were running around, chasing each other in tag or swinging on the monkey bars. About 15 minutes into recess, the sky began to change. Dark gray clouds rolled in and then seemed to hover still over the school. Thunder roared, and lightning lit up the sky like it was the 4th of July. We shouted at the kids to get inside right away. Most were inside when the rain came down in full force. A lightning bolt hit the soccer field nearby, and we felt the vibration hundreds of yards away. That's when panic set in. This wasn't a typical storm. As we turned around to see where the lightning had hit, a black cloud had formed on the ground. It looked at first like smoke was coming from the earth, but it quickly took shape, blending into a form I'd seen before, but only in books. Unbelievably, it looked like a storm demon, one of the most powerful and feared entity, father of all monsters. I stared at it, trying to justify how this could be possible when it vanished. I was dumbfounded. Were my eyes playing tricks on me? I jolted back to reality when I heard a blood-curdling cry from a student. It was followed by a cacophony of screams coming from the main school building. 
I grabbed Miss Murphy's hand and we rushed inside. The nearest classroom was empty. We raced the next room, calling out for the students, but nothing. We ran through the halls, checking each room we passed, but there was no one there. All of the other teachers and students had disappeared. As we looked down the long hallway, we saw a dark apparition float past the far door. It was in full form now, half man, half beast with vicious-looking horns adorning its head. The storm demon. It stood over ten feet tall, holding a scythe. We could feel the energy radiating from its core. We ran into the nearest corridor and hid in the janitor's closet. Miss Murphy asked if I knew what that thing was, and I tried to explain. It was a demon from another realm here to collect pure souls and destroy anything in its path. It isn't easy to tell someone that, but she had seen it, witnessed its being and the mystery of the missing kids. It most likely had already consumed the children and now it wanted us. Just then, the closet door flung open. The creature stood in the frame, leering. In a split second, it dragged out Miss Murphy, clawing at her eyes and face. I knew it would take her to whatever hell it had come from. As I pummeled its back, trying to get it to release Miss Murphy, it turned, jet black eyes boring into mine. It grinned, and then in an instant, simply vanished. I looked around me. I was completely alone. There was nothing left of Miss Murphy. Only I remained, curled up in a ball, an unworthy soul in an empty school, once full of life and laughter where children used to play, all of it gone. Thank you so much, Angelina, of inspiring this story of storm demons and the literal chaos that accompanies them and is in their way. Listener, have you ever known something bad was coming before it even happened? Were you able to warn those around you? More importantly, did they listen? Sometimes you need to lie in wait before you can attack your enemies, but it will be worth it. Like in this story inspired by Lyle Unison. Coming from an artistic family, it was no surprise that Jessie had the artistic gift also. Her drawings were more advanced for her age, yet she hadn't yet realized her true potential. She spent more time focused on her lack of friendships and popularity than harnessing her natural gift. While eating lunch in the library, by herself as usual, Jessie began to sketch a princess and a prince with all the players of a kingdom standing behind them. As the pencil flew across the paper, she felt someone behind her watching. When she looked, she saw Tate, a good-looking senior who had never seemed interested in her before. Tate observed the artwork and appeared genuinely impressed. He asked her all the right questions. How long have you been drawing? What else can you do? Where did you learn? Jesse sat there blushing for what felt like an hour before he asked a question that snapped her back to reality. 
What are you doing after school? You think you could draw me? Somehow, she managed to squeak out an answer, and after seventh period, Tate met her by her locker. On the way out of school, another senior teased the pair as they walked past. Tate, you hanging with the Sacre Tay? Better be careful, she chuckled. Jesse's face burned with embarrassment. They learned the legend of the Sacrité in ninth grade. He was an ancient, super-tall, gaunt man who wore a cloak covered in human bones. In order to find new victims, he would disguise himself in the bodies of those he killed, always searching for more. Because Jesse was tall, slim, and unpopular, some of the nasty bullies had given her the nickname and it had stuck. Tate put his arm around Jesse, telling her that Samara was just jealous. Flattered, Jesse leaned into his embrace. Once inside Tate's house, Jesse began to set up her pencils and papers as he posed, ready to be drawn. After a few minutes, while she made initial marks on the paper, Tate started asking questions about her life, her parents' names, if she had siblings, what she wanted to do after graduation. Jesse answered his questions as she drew, beyond flattered that he cared. This was the first guy, the first person to ever show this much interest. Within 20 minutes, he had learned more about her than anyone else had ever known. The drawing was nearly done. The outline of Tate's body was spot on, his hair, head, and shoulders aligned perfectly. The only thing left was his eyes. She looked into them deeply, trying not to blush too much, then back to the paper. To him, then to the paper, back and forth. But as she was drawing, she realized his eyes kept changing. And the questions he kept asking were getting deeper. Like, what do you think happens when you die? Do you believe in an afterlife? These were things she didn't feel comfortable discussing. And weirdly, not only were his eyes changing, but his voice was growing deeper. It was happening faster and faster, and he was growing taller and taller. Before she could react, Tate stood before her, almost seven feet tall, elderly, and with jet black eyes. She stared at him, frozen, yet her hand still drew feverishly on autopilot. The Tate thing spoke. Isn't it ironic that they thought you were the Socrates? It walked over to her and placed both hands on her shoulders as tears fell from her eyes. She pleaded to be released. Instead, the Socrate leaned forward, placing his mouth over hers. Out poured thick black sludge. It filled Jessie's mouth so fast that she choked and couldn't breathe. It just kept coming until she realized her body was being taken over. It needed a new host but only her body, she, the essence that was her, was dying. The capillaries in her eyes popped as her life extinguished. Old Jessie was gone. The transfer was complete as the Socrates admired its new form. New Jessie grabbed her pencils and backpack. As she walked out, she looked down at the drawing of Tate transforming his jet-black eyes ripping through Tate's blue ones. With a smirk, new Jesse ripped the picture into tiny pieces. The truth would never be revealed. 
Thank you so much, Lyle, for inspiring this story of the Sakri tie for us. Listener, has anyone only ever been nice to you because they wanted something from you? Did you give in to their ask or hold true to yourself? Having power in a situation is a double-edged sword. Don't abuse that power because if you do, you better get good at sleeping with one eye open. Farah was the new student at the Hillcrest Boarding School for Young Women in Lagos, Nigeria. Every school has its own social hierarchy, so she thought she might have a hard time fitting in and catching up. But this school was different. There was one top dog here, the history professor, Madame Chloe. Madame Chloe ruled with an iron fist. A rumor was that fist had met with face several times over the years. Students had not reported the physical abuse, but people had seen the bruises. Madame Chloe always dressed impeccably, and expensive name brands, usually a skirt and blouse, and always with her signature bright red stiletto. The sound of those heels smartly clipping down the hallways would quiet the student body and even the administration alike. When she walked past, a chill filled the air. The students nicknamed her Madame Koi Koi because of the noise her heels made on the floor. One day, Farrah stood at her locker across from Madame Chloe's classroom and saw a student, Adama, rushing out of the room. She was crying, Her face was mottled and swollen, though she tried to cover the damage done by Madame Chloe. Farah followed her into the bathroom, where a group of teens were already consoling her. Enough was enough. The faculty repeatedly ignored their complaints. They wouldn't let that monster keep getting away with this. Farah and the four teens planned an attack on Madame Chloe. It would be swift and immediate. And Farah, thrilled at finally being included, agreed to teach her a lesson. That evening, Madame Chloe was locking up her classroom. The rest of the building was empty. She turned around and was amused to see the enraged group of students step out from the darkened hallway. Immediately, she began mocking Adama for running out earlier and not being able to take some much-needed discipline. That is, until Adama took her softball bat and swung it through to the side of Madame Chloe's skull. The teens paused, a bit shocked. It was one thing to plan something, another to see it done. But then Madame Chloe, while on the ground, dug her nails into Adama's calf muscle and then bit into it, ripping into her flesh. Adama cried out and began hammering the bat on her back to get loose. And that's when the rest of them went crazy. All of them began attacking Madame Chloe. Everyone except Farah, who stood as lookout. After several minutes, the mob backed up. Her face was mush, her body severely beaten, completely unrecognizable. If it wasn't for her red stilettos, you wouldn't have known who it was. Still fueled with adrenaline, they swiftly cleaned up and buried the remains in the woods. For the first night in a long time, All five teens slept like babies. Had they gone too far? Yes, definitely. But they did not feel much remorse for ridding the world of their monster.
The next few days were filled with inquiries from police. What could have happened? Where had the professor gone? But when some of the teens responsible began going missing themselves, the investigation took a more serious turn. Of the five teens complicit in the murder, three were missing. They had been on a field trip and simply vanished. Adama rushed to Farah's dorm, locking the door behind her. What was happening? Were they next? Was it possible Madame Chloe had survived? Of course not. It seemed ridiculous as they both had placed pieces of her body into a grave in the woods. No one could have survived that. Maybe the others had experienced a bout of guilt and had simply run away. As they began to calm each other down, a faint noise began growing louder from the hallway outside. They ran to the door, pressed their ears against it, and listened. It suddenly stopped. Farah could hardly breathe. Adama nodded to look down, her lips trembling. Right outside was the silhouette of two legs. As they watched, a tip of a red stiletto peeked in under the doorway. Their eyes widened. The door flew open with such force, it blew them back to the floor, debris flying across the room. Rubbing the dust from their eyes, Adama and Farah looked up to see a nightmare vision. Madame Koiko. Holding the same bat that Adama had just weeks before, with her neck barely attached and body patched back together, the professor limped steadily toward the screaming teens and raised her weapon high. Their fear kept them frozen to the spot as with one deliberate swing of the bat, the zombie-esque monster cracked Adama's skull open. Blood splatter covered Farah as she whimpered in shock. The thing that had been Madame Chloe raised the bat again, this time pummeling Farah's throat, almost crushing her windpipe. Both teens, barely alive, stared into their attacker's face as she grinned and then vanished into thin air. Adama had bled out quickly, but amazingly, Farah survived. Upon being rushed to the hospital and barely being able to speak, she did manage one word that she would repeat when asked what had happened. Koi. Koi. It didn't take long for rumors to emerge. Most people think the story of Madame Koikoi is made up, but if you listen in the halls of Hillcrest late at night, you can hear the faint sounds of her blood-red stilettos coming towards you. This week's podcast stories were edited by Markia McCarty, Sarah Lukasiewicz, and Janine Pipe. Narration by Markia McCarty. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Hannah Mullen and Markia McCarty. Executive producer, Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you'd like to support Something Scary and all the work we do, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. And if you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Until next time, my dark darlings. Sweet dreams. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.